Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Yellow Ribbon Podcast, sponsored by Grellis Recruitment. Well, the good December run is well and truly over, Harley. We are into January and we are into the January blues, aren't we? We certainly are. Uh, happens every year. Yeah, Warsaw famously never have a good January. And um, although we kicked it off with a bang, that bang has kind of whimpered out a little bit. Yeah, it's. I mean, there were signs in the Grimsby game. Sort of the first half an hour wasn't wasn't the best performance, and then we rallied. And I think against Stockport, that was the hope that we could get out of second gear and start playing. But we're going to keep this more on the the sort of the transfer business chat. But just uh, something that you've been saying to me a lot, kind of well, really mid December onwards. Um, and I think it's a point that we need to open with. And I will let you take that away about your fears. Is this is this my fear that we're going to kind of relive last season? Yes, yes, there. Yeah. Unless you've got other fears, but I, I kind of don't want to delve too well, deep because we could. <laughs> yeah, just well, Warsaw fears, not like life yes. fears or. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, my, so I'm kind of saying to you that I've been conscious that things have been lining up a little bit like they were last season. We went on a good run. We kind of put ourselves in a decent position come January we've had a lone striker who's you know scored a bunch of goals for us and gone back to his parent club we had a nice FA Cup kind of tie against a bigger team you know you know, got good attendances and kind of brought everyone's spirits up albeit you know slightly different situations it, it feels a lot like last season and my worry and fear is that we're going to do the Warsaw thing of kind of completely capitulating in January and not building on the strong run up to it. Yeah. And I mean, sort of Stockport has felt like a bit of a, uh, a crash back to reality, but I know a lot of people have said, obviously, yes, they are top of the league and they are top of the league for, the re- for a reason. And for me, the, the other thing is that they not only are, top of the league I know they've had injury problems and whatever but they still had players like Paddy Madden to bring off the bench so they they weren't a weak Stockport team by any stretch of the imagination so I feel that losing to them away isn't the the end of the world I think it's more the manner in which it was done but you are right there's a lot of parallels um obviously just the fact that the, the lone striker situation, the fact that we're still hoping on a right wing back situation, the fact that we've had a, a good FA Cup tie, the fact that we come into that on a, on a good run. And it's sort of after Leicester that things started to go downhill. So let's hope, let's hope and remain optimistic that for the couple of games we've got coming up, we can sort of snap that and get back, get back to not even winning ways, but just, Playing well again, ways. Just while we're on the, the topic of that, can I just ask a question? Genuinely interested. When was the last time we had a good right back? Oh. Because it 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 wasn't Hayden White. Oh well obviously Bennett, but are we taking Bennett out of the equation? Yeah, I'd take Bennett out of the equation. I'd say the last time we had a good right back that was ours was 
Devlin, maybe? Yeah. It's a real issue for this football club that we can't seem to bring in on a permanent, a good, a really good right back or even right wing back. Like, yeah, that's just something that's kind of was eating away at me as you were talking. I was, I was thinking, when was the last time we actually had a right back that was ours that was good? And Devlin was what? I mean, you do the maths, Rob, probably like, what, six, seven? Yeah, ago. relegation, yeah. I'll I'll put it to you. When was the last time we had both a, a good left and right back? <laughs> right, that's one for the uh, the listeners there. The listeners, tell us when the last time you think we had a good left back and right back. We'll read out a few suggestions on the next pod. Yes, I'm I'm intrigued to hear people's views on that. Actually, right, it was a, an eventful week. We, we've heard a lot of rumours, a lot of rumours, most of which have not come true. One did, and that is the return of Josh Gordon. What were your initial thoughts on the, the signing, on the fact that it was a loan deal and this thing with bringing former players back? Firstly, I know that you don't like... Um in the no accounts and I I don't I think you like the majesty of not knowing who a signing is going to be and I kind of I think it works in your favor when you don't know who it's going to be and it's someone good but if you know who it's going to be and it's someone who you don't rate it's even more like shall I shall I get my in the no account rant out the way I think you probably should yeah well whilst we're on topic you you fire through why you don't like in the no accounts yeah, because by the time in the no account start like saying bits and pieces, everyone already knows. It's like, and also I, my thing with it is, there's like you see a lot of these ones that are like transfer news with like three Zs or L1 transfer news and L2 transfer news, and you're like, dude, it's not it just. I, it's more the fact that people believe them. Um. It's, I've got a side project that obviously Harley knows about. Um, but yeah, I just... Uh, uh, the thing that annoys me more is then that people start arguing as to like who said it first and trying to gain clout online for it. It's like, I we'll sign the player when we sign the player. Like, and we'll sign a player when we sign a player. Um, I think that's why, <laughs> that's why we've never been a um, Tweet Rumours account because we just... Well, I say we. I'll let Harley have his opinion. I just just don't care, to be quite honest. Um, I'm more than happy to actually um, wait for it to happen rather than speculation and seeing a lot of names that there's no credible source to back it up from. My thing would be, I think since since all of these like in the no accounts. If you put sort of 10 or 15 names out there, likely it is one will come off. Um, but I, I, I do miss the days of just like a signing out of nowhere where no one knew and it was actually exciting. The transfer window was. Whereas you sort of hear mumblings of a player and hear mumblings of another player and then another one, and then another one. And then one eventually signs and you go, oh, OK, that's great. But it would have been nice to be a bit of a surprise. I feel like it's it's ruined that element of it. 
Yeah, I do. Perhaps agree. it's a generational thing. And uh, I'm not sure where I pinched this idea from. I think it might have been the Peter Crouch podcast. But the idea that always stuck with me was that I think that there should be no one should know anything about any transfer signings. And then the last day of the window, there's a big presentation kind of ceremony and every club wheels out the new players they've signed. I think I said it was the um, like the Ballon d'Or meets the Oscars type of event. <laughs> so like you've got Benjamin Boycott and he wheels out and he's got he's got he's got like 10 players around him for the end of the summer window. And he goes, here's what we've signed. Yeah, probably have to have it in respective venues for the leagues, but I think that'd be great fun. You know, you could put it on Sky. I'd watch that. Mm, I, that's getting too American for me. Yeah, but I think it'd be quite fun because it's just such a shock. Because you'd be like, Warsaw, who have you signed? And like, ooh, <laughs> it's Josh Gordon. And everyone's like, oh my God. I, you see, I, I just, I miss the days of, like a teaser being tweeted and then everyone trying to figure it out rather than like, oh, okay, it's that player that everyone already knew about and has known about for a, a few days. Um, yeah, that that's my thing. And I mean, like, look, we've we have messages all the time about players and situations and ingoings, outgoings, and rumors, and we just don't. We that's not us. Sorry, yeah. folks. Yeah, and I think we can't, we've kind of agreed on this before that we don't really want to, even if we get told stuff, which we do, we don't want to pass it on to anyone else. And even even if it's a legitimate source, we don't want to because we don't want to kind of stoke the fire of that sort of thing. We'd rather like talk about it when it's happened because there is stuff that gets to us. You know, a lot of it is of it is genuinely true and we'll talk about it between us but we just don't think that we should be kind of yeah and I mean like the stuff that's happened this win like the stuff that's happened this window that we've known about uh, not obviously put it out there because and things have then changed which they're from sources that are extremely credible and what we've been told has happened but things have happened in slightly different ways and I think that's the thing for us is we we don't want to be uh, in the no account. We just want to chat rubbish about Warsaw like we do every, every other week. So with all of that being said, what are your thoughts on the return of Flash? Underwhelming is what I'd say. Look, I've always gone by the rule. Never go back. I, I don't think it ever really works out for a player going back to a club that they used to play for. I mean, off the top of my head, I can't think of that many times when it's been successful. I should never go back. So that's that's my one thing. On the other hand, he has an all right record in League Two. I mean, it's not spectacular by any stretch of the imagination, but it's it's good enough, I suppose, for the type of player that he is. I saw a little bit of a stats breakdown and he's kind of the way he plays, it fits the system. You kind of you know, and the things that Saddle will want from his strikers. So I get it and I think that it's a good job that he's on loan because I wouldn't want him on a permanent because and God knows what the fee was last time, but we bought him from 
Leicester last time and he left on a free, I wouldn't want to buy him again for him to probably leave on a free again. So I think we've probably done the right thing by getting him on a loan because I do think there's better options out there. But I think I think it's all right. I think it's fine for a you know a six month loan. I don't I don't hate it. I I'm I'm torn. I know initially I, I was very Ruglia. <laughs> yeah yeah I am just not lying naked on the floor, which is a lyric from <laughs> it. Let's let's all clarify. <laughs> Can confirm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we record this with cameras on, and that is not <laughs> happening at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was torn <laughs> to begin with, and I still am because I, I think I'm probably still of the opinion. Obviously, he was one in the team that got us relegated. He did have a habit of missing glorious chances. I do genuinely believe, or like, still believe, there was the game against Sunderland, and he had a golden opportunity. We had dominated the game and we ended up losing 1-0. And if he'd have put that chance away, I do think momentum in our season would have would have kept us up. That's a that's a bold claim. But if people do remember that that game, he had a glorious chance. And I just want to put some say something in in there, if I can interject. Was the season ticket holder for I would say all of Gordon's time at the club and I honestly can't remember anything of the time he was here but like usually like a player comes good or bad and you kind of remember I've got memories of Derek Osayor but I don't have any of Josh Gordon I wouldn't necessarily say that's the worst thing because I'm guessing your memories of Derek Osayor aren't great well no they're not great but like you 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 remember the the good and the bad of players don't you you remember when George Miller bagged two goals against someone at the start of the season, but I also remember him missing from like three yards out. I mean, that, that, I mean, we didn't have a podcast at that point, but I would, I still don't know how that was physically possible. You, that miss. Are you on about the one that we played Brad? Yeah. Yeah. Earring slid it across and it oh, yeah. back to Earring. Yeah. Which wow. I, I still can't work it's, out. It didn't really obey the laws of physics that, that day. It should have gone any one which have a different ways, but it went straight, pinged back to him like Eric had it on a string and just tugged it. Yeah, which I mean, he scored a lot of goals for a guy that missed a lot of chances. Which makes you think, how good could we have been if we had a good striker? I mean, well, yeah. I also think if if Miller had put those away, there's no way he'd be playing in League Two, and that's the reason he is yeah. in League Two. Yeah, that's very. Anyway, true. again. Getting sidetracked. <laughs> um, I don't have any. That's how unspectacular Gordon is. I have I have zero memories of him, good or bad. But carry on, carry on. I my, my thing with him is that obviously he was part of the team that got relegated, and then a lot happened in the, the season that he left, where he didn't sign a new deal. There were rumours he wanted to leave for months on end. He kind of. I don't want to say down tools, but he his head had been turned elsewhere and he was already ready, I believe, quite early on in that season to move on. And we've been stung by that in the past by several players. And we've been stung when they, we've given them another opportunity. 
I do think that the six month loan is a good thing. Um, I don't, there's no sort of like option to buy, or at least it's been told about. I do believe he would want to prove that he's good enough to get back into Burton's team. The, the side that makes me intrigued is that his best two seasons as a player have come at Barrow when Barrow played pressing football. We have lost a pressing striker and we've replaced him with someone that Sadler knows. And I think that's where that's where I'm intrigued by this. And that's where I'm not I'm not I'm obviously not writing him off. And I would probably speak on your behalf that you are not writing him off, off as a player and you're not. No. It's just that I think when we've if he was coming to us and we hadn't had him before, I think that's a different story. Yeah. I think the issue for me is that although Draper statistically did a lot of things well, that with him there was only really one stat that mattered, and that was his goals. And we're not replacing a bagsman with a bagsman. That's my issue. Yeah, I I never doubted Gordon's work rate on the pitch. Like he always worked hard, and that's something that will be needed with Draper gone. Uh, and not returning, may I add, I would be gobsmacked if he returns, um, which some of the rumours online. I mean, we did see one that said we we're apparently going to buy Draper, which I thought was very interesting. Um, but yeah, the, the work rate is something that Gordon can fulfil. I just don't necessarily think he is the guy that's going to put the ball in the back of the net. But then there is DJ who can do that. It's just about getting them clicking. But if Sadler can get DJ and Gordon working together, it could work because you've got the output and the goal rate that we know DJ has got in his locker. But then we also take the pressing element away from him. And it's it's whether that balance can be found. And that's why I'm choosing to remain optimistic. Look, I, th- I think I agree with you there. I think that we I think I'm also optimistic at that but I just it feels like we've bought a ticket to a film we've seen before oh is this one of are we going down a Harley analogy route now I think Matt has kind of dubbed them Harleyisms. yeah but no I just think that we've been been there and done it before with Gordon haven't we we, we know exactly what he's about like yes he's a more polished version of what we had before but you know we still know that we know where his ceiling is and we know what he's good at and what he isn't. And I think that if I think it's all right, but I think we need to bring in a striker who can just score goals for someone for him to work with. Cause I wouldn't mind it if, if Gordon starts over James Taylor and that's a conversation we can get into, that's fine by me. You know, if that's what Sad wants to do, but I think I don't know if I trust Danny Johnson at the moment. I don't think he's quite got in the right vein of form for it to really work. I think we need to bring in someone else who kind of is proven goal scorer and let him and DJ battle it out. My, oh no, I agree. I agree because Johnson hasn't really found his form, but then again, he hasn't been given the opportunity to. I mean, look, Southampton. Is Southampton. I'm not going to 
blame any player for for having a bad game against some of the players that they were up against. Um, Grimsby, that goal looked like it meant a lot for him. And I actually thought that DJ came on and played well against Grimsby. I think I'm going to put Stockport down to just one of those games where we were up against a, a better team. And I think too many players had off days, which... Yeah. When that happens, I mean, Liam Gordon had a bit of a, an off game. Daniels had a bit of an off game. And when that, that happens, that we, gen- we, we generally don't stress. perform well. Um, my, my thing is, I think if we started James Taylor and Gordon, have we got two of the same striker playing? Yeah, who's scoring in the, out of those two? Well, I mean, I do think... I'm going to go on a bit of a defend James Taylor chat now. I think he needs to start and needs to play more because he started to hit a little bit of form. He's played well in, in a few games. He's, I'm not saying he's anywhere near the finished product, but I think the only way he's going to get there is playing more matches. He seems a better player than when we had him last season. And do you stunt his development or alone. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the conversation that needs to be had. But I just don't see a world in which you can start both of them because it because who's like I, like I said who who scores? But the issue being is that is Gordon better than James Taylor at that job? I think I think James Taylor has shown that he can score. I thought his goal against Grimsby was a great strike. And it's not like he's being fed in. And I mean, like scoring from like a header as well today. Great. Like, great. It's, it, it, I think he's adding more to his game. Yeah. And I yeah, said, I, I said something to you. I can't remember if I mentioned it on the, the last pod or not. He's got that academy football background that's, yeah. He can do those sort of layoffs, those one-touch passes, those little little smart kind of when the ball's on the deck type of play. But for now, I'd keep him in the team because I don't think he has done anything wrong to be taken out. I did see a tweet that I thought was was interesting, and it was a I can't remember who it was, and I didn't save it because I'm an idiot. But they basically made the point that if we hadn't had DJ last season, would we be wanting him to start? It's a good it's a good point. It's a good point. I think the thing is there is that you know that DJ can score goals and you know that he can score goals for Warsaw. But I think if it's not if it's not him, who is it? Because we like Jammer's out injured. Gordon, Gordon in his best season, I think it was 15 goals in League Two. If that's your best season in League Two, you're not, you're not, the, you're not the guy. You're not that guy to lead the line. You might be kind of in a duo or a trio up front, but you're not that guy. Whereas DJ has shown that he could be. He's got, he's got that kind of caliber. I don't know what his best. You know, no, but he's he's done it. 
on a consistent basis. Yes, and you know he was up to what like thirteen goals or something in all comps last season for us. Yeah, you know, if you if you'd have continued that trend, there's no doubt he would have hit twenty goals for us. I think Gordon's ever gonna hit twenty goals in League Two, to be honest with you. No, I. So who who would you put as your starting two, kind of going forward then? Being that we pro- we might sign another striker and we don't know who it is, I'm going to go off what we've got currently, which would be James Taylor and DJ, just because I think that there's a relationship there. They know each other. They know how they play. I don't think I don't think Gordon's good enough to upset the apple cart. I don't think he we, he's, he's that good that we need to shoehorn him in. I think that that's one of my issues with bringing him in is he's just kind of there to come off the bench, really, because he's he's not he doesn't deserve to start, and I think that's 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 the issue there. What's your view on the fact that Sadler's gone for somebody that okay, obviously he's a former player of ours, but someone that he's played with and has known for I can't remember how many seasons it might have been two seasons they crossed over. But at least definitely a season. But what what do you think? He obviously knows that Gordon's got the right character, and yeah. he obviously has seen him in training. Knows what he's about. Potentially even thinks that there's a way that he is a that he's a striker that he can get more out of because he he knows what style he is and he knows what system he'd like to play in. Do you think that's the thing that maybe saves it? Well, I say saves it, but gives us more of a positive view on the deal. Yeah, I think it's kind of a double-edged sword because on the one hand, I think it's a bonus that Gordon's been hit here before because Sadler knows exactly who he is and he knows that he's going to you know, help the dressing room and he knows that he's going to do what he needs him to do. But on the flip side, we've seen it from the stands. So we also know that. But yeah, you know, you've got to trust Sadler in this matter and go, look, if he if he sees it, then we've just got to believe in him. And the also the other thing I would kind of want to add out there is that we weren't the only one interested in signing Gordon. I don't have any proof of that, but from good sources Well and and um what Sadler said after they signed him. They said that clubs were in for him. Yeah, exactly. Like we've kind of heard a few rumours that, you know, we weren't the only ones in for him, which makes sense because someone with lead to pedigree, you know, drop who's likely gonna drop back down if he's struggling in League One. There are gonna be a few teams you know, who are sniffing around him and the fact that there are other clubs looking at him means that he must you know there is something there. And Sadler's used what he knows about him to get him get him back. So I think it's quite a multi multifaceted issue, but I do kind of I do have faith in Sadler that he knows what he's doing and that there's a reason we brought him back for like this spell. Talking of Sadler, obviously he was up for manager of the month in December, and rightly so, with some of the performances, the matches that we won and, and the teams that they were against. Do you think it kind of speaks for him and recruitment going forward again that, you know, Gordon Gordon didn't leave 
the club in the in the best of terms. You know, the, it's not. It is like well reported that he rejected a contract and that he wanted a move away from the club. I believe in the January before he then left at the end of the season to come back to a club where it's not been your best spell must take a lot. Does that kind of give us a bit of a, not a boost, but a faith that Sadler can convince players and that Sadler's reputation, although he's not been a manager that long, that if there's a player that he likes and wants, he has the ability to go and get them. Yeah, I think that I can't remember what the exact kind of quote was, but if Flynn always used to kind of talk quite highly of Sadler, didn't he? He said yeah, he's, you know, he's been around the game a long old time. Yes, he's a very he's new to management, but you have to think that Sadler's been been in the EFL his whole career. I want to say maybe, but you know, let's say let's say ninety five percent of his career has been in the EFL at various different clubs. Yeah, this is a man who he knows people. Yeah, he knows players because he's not long been a player himself and he's bounced around a few different clubs. But longevity-wise, he's going to have met so many different people. I think he has the ability to kind of convince a player that you know yeah, he knows how to talk to them and say, "Come on, look, I've got I've got something going here." And I I also think he you know. Sometimes he's a little bit self-indulgent, I think, Sadler. But I think that kind of works when he's trying to sell his style of football to players. The way he kind of talks about it, you know, he talks a good game. You know, tactically, you know, he's he knows his stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I do think there is a bit of that kind of the way of talking that does remind me of Matt Taylor. Yes. What I think. I'm not. I'm not comparing them as managers, um, because obviously they they are different, and yeah, that's a different pod. Um, the the thing with Sadler for me is that he, like I said, he's played around the leagues. I mean, he's had hundreds of appearances in the EFL, and a, it's a handful in the Prem um, over like a couple of different seasons. Just looked that up while you were talking. Who did he play for in the Premier League? Birmingham. He obviously has this pull. I, 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 I think if we have, if we keep him for a couple of seasons, I do think that the players that he will bring in will will be really interesting to see, because he's obviously start like developing his style. He's developing his system. He's developing himself as a as a manager. So to get that kind of yeah, longevity out of him would be, I think, really good because he's already recruited some very good players and also retained some very good players. I think before we move on to the second section of this this pod, we do need to talk about uh, Liam Gordon staying. As you will hear in the second part of the pod, we did not think Gordon would be staying at the end of this season purely because I think both of us felt he would be good enough to play in League One and probably would want to push for a League One move. So for the club to keep hold of him for like basically another season, that's a that's a really good deal to get done. Yeah, and uh, we could call it a tale of two Gordons. You know, name for a pod, a segment, whatever you want to call it, a tale of two Gordons. That's my effort. 
alas, I'll, ca- I'll carry on with my point now. I think that was, I think it, it's massive, isn't it? It's massive that we've tied him down. Look, I I don't think it guarantees he'll be here next season. But what I do, it does guarantee is either one of two things. He'll be here next season or we will be quite a bit richer. I see someone coming in for him. I've no idea who in who in League One would want him. You know, I can't can't pretend I know them that well that I know who needs a left wing back. But there's a, there's got to be a host of clubs that are, you know, in in the market for a left wing back such as himself who would pay good money for him. We're talking maybe like what, 150, 200k. I I don't know what the going rate is really, but you know, someone someone would stump up money for him. And I think this deal, which is a great bit of business. And maybe that's something that was going to put into his. They said to him at the time, "Was like, look, if you do want to leave in the summer, yeah, if we get if we get an offer of X amount from a League One club, we won't stand in your way. But we need to make it financially viable for us. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it it ends a little bit toxic. But this way, everybody wins. Either either he's he's happy and he wants to stay another year because maybe he does just want to stay another year, play his trade in League Two for one more year." And you know, see if this project can go the distance with Sadler. And if it can't, he's out of contract next season or the end of next season and he can do what he wants. Or if he just if he does think, yeah, I'm ready for League One, he can then end in kind of he can part company in good ways with the football club and go, let's let's make this work for everyone. Yeah, and I, I quite like I, I do like that. That, and I think this is now the strategic sort of signings that we we are getting. We're kind of extending players' contracts enough. Not that, like you said, we go, right, well, he's going to go on a free in 18 months' time. I still think there's the potential that he could go in the summer. But we're going to get a fee for him. And like you said, that's huge. And instead of letting players go on a free, we're, we're doing well to retain them. Now, we had a question about contracts and obviously this is something that we will discuss later and later into the season but as we kind of mentioned on our last pod about what we think a a good January would be we did say getting on with retaining some players so I'm going to give you your I think Gordon was obviously top of the list for me if you could retain anyone so I'm going to give you your priority and your your number two contract extension pre the end of the season. Okay, so the list of players that are out of contract are okay. Douglas James Taylor, although he's got an option of a, of a year um, in the club's favour. Uh, folks, yeah. Taylor Allen, Tom Knowles, Harry Williams, both goalkeepers, Ote, Riley, Brandon Comley and Roland Meniese. As well as Jammer. And how many am I allowed to give you? My top two, priority two? Yeah, your your number one priority and your... Uh, oh, I know, I know. <laughs> right, right, well, I'm going to break oh, the rules oh, slightly. Sorry, something that I've just seen, actually. That So we're recording this on Saturday evening. Mo Fall has been recalled by West Bromwich Albion. Now, he's someone that I had kind of in the summer thought he could be 
he could be a, a, a player that we could sign. I'm just putting it out there. I'd take Mofile. Now, I'm going to break your rules slightly, and I'm going to um, who is going to be my special choice, we shall call it, and that's going to be Tom Knowles, because he's going to be my Brellis recruitment choice. Okay, all right. Well, so, we'll have Knowles as the Brellis recruitment choice. So he doesn't count as my two, but I feel like Matt and Zoe would probably kill me if I don't put him in there. So he's the Brellis recruitment <laughs> choice. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so I only get two of these. Oh. I think Jacko, there's got to be one, Jackson Smith. Yeah, because I feel like locking down a goalkeeper for next season is huge. Yeah, Jackson Smith is a big choice. I think that nailing a a goalkeeper is going to be really important. And then for me, if it's only only one place left, it's a a toss-up for me between Comley and Ote. I don't think we've seen the best of Ote. Well, we've we've not really seen much of Ote. Seen so. of him. Comley, I think, has been really good for us when he's played. That being said, I do think he's replaceable. But Comley, we just haven't seen enough of him. I think it's Harry Williams and Comley. No, Harry Williams and Ote, sorry, are the ones where I go. I haven't seen enough of them to swing it. Yeah, I... I'm, I don't, I'm going to have a quick look. I don't know whether we've got an option of that. I'm assuming that we do with Williams. Yeah. If we paid money for him, I'm surely something is written into his contract that. Yeah, I think we'll have an option to extend. Yeah, and I, I would. Yes, we do. We've got a, a one-year option on that. I personally, I'm not counting these, but I would trigger an extension on both James Taylor and Williams, so because for me. I think there's only two there that I would... I think there's three I'd let go out of that list. Owen Evans. I think Jammer's potentially one I could let go. And the other one, it'd be Riley, as painful as it is. Wow, you'd keep many essays. I didn't write him down. No, I'd let him go. (laughs) Is he going to join your list of I have no memories of this person? Yeah, he is. For me... Sticking with the the priorities, I, I I would go with Evans. Evans, what am I on about? No, I'd go with Smith and Comley as the two that I'd keep. And I'm assuming that you're also joining me in the camp of um, Tom Knowles will be the Brellis recruit, Brellis recruitment sponsored player pick. Of- I I wouldn't dare ever say that he. He would leave because I would not want to feel the wrath of. I don't think the club have a choice to let him go, and I don't think he has a choice to <laughs> go. I think if Zoe finds out, you know, she'll she'll forge his signature. She'll write the contract herself. It's worth noting that Jackson Smith doesn't have an option of a year's extension that I can see, which I thought we probably would have done. Yeah, I mean, who knows what's in these contracts? Maybe it's just not been said. But Yeah, I mean, look, it, it may well have been. It wouldn't surprise me if we did, because for me, yeah, that's something it, yeah. that the club have, have actually done quite well. Yeah, I also think that maybe the club weren't expecting him to do as well as he has, and I think they were probably putting their eggs in an Owen Evans-shaped basket. And they've kind of, he was a bit of an afterthought, potentially, as a number two this year. Right. And with that, 
we've teased what the second part of this podcast will be, that we will be discussing players. But who with? Who, who are we going to talk to? Because in January, yes, we've signed Josh Gordon. We've also signed Weir. And Ad- Adeg Boyega? Ed- oh, God, I've actually butchered that. Adeg Boyega. Adeg Boyega. There we go. Let's let's pretend that my first pronunciation didn't exist. And, you know, both of them are from Geordie United. And I just, I just, who would we go to to discuss that? Look, there was only, there was only one man's call, wasn't there? So we, uh, we fired up the, hot, the, uh, the hotline. You know, and within one ring, there he was, the man himself. I'm bitterly disappointed that you didn't say we fired up the bat signal because after you calling me a nerd in a previous pod, we had this conversation with Dave, who has a tattoo of the bat uh, symbol. It was a slam dunk. It was a slam dunk and I've missed it. You did. So I had I had in my, my head, I was going to say the bat phone. The bat hotline. The bat hotline, <laughs> yeah. Spot the one who's not a comic book fan. <laughs> but yes, this is a chat where we caught up with our Irish cousin Dave to discuss Walsall's two defensive signings that have one come directly from Geordie United and one ex Geordie United. Right, we are back with our branded Irish cousin Dave which we did run by you you said that the nickname was okay and that you've been called worse we're not going to ask you what that is because this is supposed to be a family show but Dave thank you for coming back on firstly how are you uh no look thanks for having me back on I'm delighted to be here um you know since the the takeover was made official in November I've, I've really started looking more at the ins and outs of Walsall so this is great to be involved again to be back on with the lads so yeah no thanks for having me i'm great and looking forward to having a chat again we would like to just throw a little disclaimer out there that our form throughout december and obviously new year's day isn't usual so don't get used to it um we're we're not (laughs) are we harley no 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 if you if you only looked at our form in december and new year's day you'd think that we're some sort of winning machine we are not. Mm, I'd say that's it's the Toronto effect. It's the, <laughs> the takeover. We have been doing brilliant. So that's you say Toronto effect. You mean it's obviously you. It, the players are performing solely for you now. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Especially considering I'm planning my trip over now for hopefully the Markham game. If not, probably one of the later ones in, in the year. But I'll, I'll definitely be getting over before the end of the season to, to see the lads. So it's something I'm looking forward to. Yeah, we we cannot wait for that. Um, if it is more, if not later in the season. But one player you might see if you come over for the Morecambe game, and I'm going to try and not butcher his name, is Emmanuel Adeboyega. Yeah, is that's, that's right. Is that what brilliant. we're yeah. going for? Was it a, a G there to start? That's the Adeboyega. Ah. Adeboyega, you get away with it. I think I think people will understand what you're saying. But yeah, no, brilliant. Delighted to see him sign for the lads. It's you know we we all love him and we absolutely love him. He's he's one of those lads that it's it's hard not to like the guy. He's just he seems like a lovely fella. He's really honest, really hard working, and look, I'm, I I was delighted when when you guys sent me the post to say that he was signing. 
and again, the fact that he made his debut against Saints there at the weekend was just brilliant for me to see. And it just goes to show the draw the talent uh, cycle just keeps coming out. We keep churning out lads that are going over to the UK and doing well. So long may it continue. So I think you may have mentioned him when we spoke to you before, obviously moving to the EFL. So what um what sort of are his standout attributes and, and what kind of player are we getting? Well, yeah, so Manny signed for us from Dundalk, who are our local rivals. He's actually he's a local Dundalk lad, but he was in the academy with them and he was just promised more first team opportunity with us. So he came down to us after under 19s. He actually got his break in the second game of the season last year in February um, against Shamrock Rovers, who went on to win the league. But he came on for an injured Ben Curtis, who has since retired from football for mental health reasons. So Manny then took his chance, absolutely took it with both hands himself. And Conor Keeley struck up this partnership. It was just two Rolls Royces at the centre of the defence. And they just, like, he's a joy to watch. He's tall, he's strong, he's fit, he's physical, he's brilliant in the air, so comfortable on the ball. And if this guy, when he came on against Rovers, we were kind of like, all oh, right, here's Manny now. He's only a young fella. He's a bit raw. He's not ready. And he just took the game with a scruff of the neck against the champions. Playing against strikers like Rory Gaffney, who he's had stints over in the UK. He's an absolute, it's a family-friendly show, so I'll say he's, a, he's not a nice guy. <laughs> One of those, we call him a gap player. So the GAA over here is known for being a bit rough and, you know, Dave's thrown and you know, lads roughing each other up and stuff like that. But Manny took to it. He like ducked water. He had no issues whatsoever. He, he just went straight in and he was brilliant. So, you know, he played 22 games for us before he went over to Norwich in the summer. He scored a goal, got one assist. And the two of them were actually ended up being against UCD. But the goal he scored was a late winner that ended up effectively putting us in on a good run that eventually saw us get safety. And he's just so he's he's a goal threat. He's at six foot four, six foot five. He's so comfortable on the ball. You're gonna love. Him. You're gonna absolutely love the guy because he's he's exactly what I think Walsall are missing. Well, uh, I will just quickly jump in there and say that we had Rory Gaffney before he moved back to Ireland. Ah, of course. And of course. Uh, possibly one of the worst strikers we've seen at the club. He had a terrible time. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's. I think. We obviously we messaged you and kind of explained sort of the now that we've gone back to a back three that we're trying to play out from the back more. We're we're asking more of our centre backs to get on the ball, to push into midfield at times and kind of advance where where we're starting from. What's his sort of ball playing ability like? Obviously you said about his that he's comfortable and obviously comfortable in the air as well, but is he one that can pick out a pass, short, long, and will help potentially with those those runs into midfield to help support? Yeah, I mean, look, he's, he's still young. He is still young. You have to remember that he's only, I think he's only 20. Um, and he's only got one year of senior, or half a year of senior football under his belt because he signed for Norwich's under under 23. So um, he is a bit raw. He's got, it's going to take him time to get used to the physicality of League Two. And, but, one thing I'll say is he is well capable of finding a pass. I've seen him thread a ball through a needle, no problem to him at all. He's he's one of those kind of I kind of compare you now 
comparing him highly to Rio Ferdinand at a League Two level, um, wouldn't be him. <laughs> I wouldn't say he's that at that level, but he's he look like Rio Ferdinand at say in League Two and League One because he's strong. He can come out with the ball and he'll pass, he'll find a pass. That's the type of centre half he is. He actually grew up as a holding midfielder, so he's used to playing as a six and being that single pivot where he can collect the ball, spray it right and left, and he can play a short pass no problem as well. And of course, he's he's going to have, you know, a connection with another lad that's just signed for. He's like Evan Weir, who's well, they won't be together when Manny will probably be gone by the time Evan goes over. But it, it they're similar in that way. They're both really comfortable on the ball. So Manny, I think, is the ideal candidate to come in for you and really kind of evolve your your three at the back formation that'll see you playing a bit more football at the back. Now, that is a massive, massive claim that you've made there. The Rio Ferdinand of League Two. Now, I'm usually the one who uh, comes out with the outrageous takes. But since you're a guest, we'll, we'll let you have it. But I think it might have been you, Dave, who sent us the uh, the compilation of uh, yeah. Adek Boyega. Yeah, that was Nailed me. Yeah. That, yeah. And yeah. Almost, it's one of my favourite things is a centre-half compilation because they're just headers and just tackles and shielding the ball out. It's it's not... When you think of a, a beautiful compilation, you think of, you know, beautiful goals and assists, you know, rainbow flicks. But there's something to be said about that, just, you know, climbing on top of your man and clearing your lines. So I, I thought it was wonderful, that compilation you shared with us. How high do you think that Ado Boyega can go? You know, what do you think his kind of his peak would be? Do you think maybe championship football? You know, League One, where, where do you think he kind of, he will, f- based off what you've seen, where do you think he might fit in in the future? Yeah, that's a tough question because the problem is when they go from the League of Ireland over to England, it's, it's so much changes because our facilities are so behind the, the UK facilities that, you know, Premier Division clubs over here have worse facilities than Conference North and Conference South teams half the time. So, um, if he keeps going the way he's going, I could see him definitely being mid upper to mid table championship. Um, I know there is a clause in the the deal with Norwich that if he gets the international caps, then we get more money for it. Similar to the Gavin Bazuna one with Shamrock Rovers and Man City. Um, so I think it's for every every cap for the first ten caps, he gets we get an extra hundred grand or something along those lines. So that's how highly he's thought of over here. That he could get international cap soon, but could he could he get playing the Premier League? I I absolutely say why not. But I think from what I've seen, Championship mid table probably would be the level in the next four or five years that you'd probably see him at. But I mean that's still a very very good level, especially for Irish centre halves who we have struggled with in the past. And that that's really exciting. The fact that we are. We're now signing players with a bit of pedigree because he's done really well in the Norwich under-21s. I think they, from what I'm kind of reading, they are really happy with how he's performing. But I want to cast it back to someone you mentioned earlier, someone that, although I am excited for Ado Boyega, I'm even more excited for Evan Weir. So just talk to us about what we can expect from uh, from Evan. So Evan... Evans a, a great player. He's a, he's a, you know he's a club man as well. He's the type of guy 
that you look at him and you just think he's going to be around. He's not just a guy that's going to take his paycheck and go home. So Evan has had injury issues with us over the last year where he had a bit of issues with his hamstring. That was down to the you know artificial football pitches in this country that just aren't fit for purpose. But um, he's the type of guy, rather than sitting and moping in the stands, he was out actually helping the, the coaches pick up crowns after the warm-up and stuff like that. So you'll definitely get that with him. He's a brilliant guy from behind the scenes. He, he'll interact with the fans constantly. So that's the off-the-field stuff. But obviously, in football, we're football fans. The number one thing for us is what he does on the pitch. And Evan, he can play anywhere on that left side of the defence. So he can play as a left-sided centre-back in a two or a three. He can play left-back in a four. Or he can play wing-back as well. So he's, um, yeah, he's he's a goal threat. He's, he's scored five goals for us in 50 games from left-back and centre-half. He's good in the air. He's not quite as tall as, as Manny, but he's certainly yeah, certainly good in the air. I think he's about six foot one or something like that. So for a left back that's tall enough, he'll be he's got a bit of pace about him, but again, he's still young as well. I think he's 21. He's still raw. So you'll see him develop. So the next six months with us is going to be vital. Um but he's he's gonna be a fantastic prospect. He's he's one player that I kind of when he signed for us, I looked at him and I was like, is he going to cut it? He's not really great. But then the more he kind of stayed in the team and played regular regular minutes, kind of grew to really, really enjoy watching him play. And he's just, he's got this little cocky arrogance about him that you kind of look at him and think, like, this guy thinks he's like Eric Cantona or something. But as a defender, you know, he, he's just so confident in himself and he backs himself. And I love that about a player that's so young playing in a, in a league where you know, you get serious pelters if something goes wrong for you. So, yeah, he's 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 the character, but he's also a really down to earth character while also being really, you know, really backs himself kind of thing. You know. Now, Dave. So hypothetically, you are the manager of Warsaw FC next season. Evans come in. Where are you playing him? What do you think is his best position? Um. Best position. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to sit in the fence on this because it's actually a good question, but he is really, really good in all three of those positions that I've said. Um, he's just brilliant on the left side of the defence. He's he's an attacking threat when he's playing on the wing as a wing back or as a left back. I play him as a left sided centre back because I think his height helps him. He's, he's good in the air, and he's as you were saying earlier on, you're looking to pass it out from the back and progress the ball through the lines that way. He's the type of player that could do that. If you're looking to play it out from the left, he'll find your winger, he'll find your centre mids, he'll find your your fullbacks. He's and he can play a switch ball as well. So he's, he's I'd probably play him on the left side of the three. But for us, he was playing on the left side of the two and was solid as anything. You know, he was solid as a rock. So you know, you really are just getting the whole package of a left sided defender, not just the left sided centre back or a left sided fullback. He's Solid in all, all aspects of the word when it comes to that left side of the defence, that kind of the quarter of the pitch that he'd be playing in. Yeah, I think our uh, our kind of concern potentially going forward, not with with Evan, but more our own team, is that we have a very good left wing back in Liam Gordon who is out of contract in the summer, and it's one of those that you look at him and you go, oh, if we if we could get him signed up, it'd be a really big thing for the club, but 
he is good enough to step up to League One. We, I mean, we got him from Bolton, but and they were surprised he dropped to League Two. So, yeah, we. I think at the moment it's unclear from our perspective whether he's been signed as to go in that back three or to potentially play as wing back. But what I mean, we we all spoke about this when we spoke to you sort of a couple of months back, and we said about this this sort of relationship between us. Were you were you expect? Had you heard any rumours about him leaving? Did you expect him to come to us straight away, or is the loan deal something that you went that's better than we'd kind of anticipated with him? Um, well, the, the rumours that I heard all, all through the winter were that he was leaving and he wasn't going to you guys. I was told he was going to Pats or Dundalk, and that was you know. When we when we heard he was linked with a move to Dundalk, we were looking at getting the pig heads out, like and you know doing the, the giving them the Lewis Figo treatment because you just don't do that. Um, but Evan, like he's he's from a, a small town in, in Meath called Rathout, which is actually Trotter would be his local club. So if he had gone to if he had gone up to Dundalk, he definitely would have been shafted by us. We definitely wouldn't have wanted him anywhere near the ground. So. I was I was over the moon when he signed for yourselves and when he signed back for us. When I first got wind of it, I was thinking that's I didn't think he'd go over straight away. I don't think he's ready straight away. He still needs that extra little bit of development over the next couple of months to get him all set and ready to go. Um if he was gonna stay in Ireland and not with us, Pats would have been a great move for him. But I'm absolutely delighted to have him because he's a he's a winner, to to be honest with you. He's an absolute winner. He knows how to win games and he's got that little bit of nastiness about him as well I think he's he got sent off against Bowes earlier on in the season for it was a bad tackle but it was I don't mind it because <laughs> he, he kind of he nailed your man it was one of those it was, a, it was a 50-50 but it was more of a 70-30 for the Bowes player and he just Evan just went nah you're not getting past me buddy and just upended him so I've no issues with that If it would be different if you got the second yellow card for kicking the ball away or for melting off or something I've no issues with him flying into tackles. So he's got that bit of needle about him that he probably needs to get through it in League Two. But I think he does cut it. He will cut it after another six months with us. You look at it, we, we've developed other players. The likes of Killian Phillips, who's at Palace, he's, he's on loan with Wickham at the moment. And he's, he's doing brilliant. You can see it with our manager, Kevin Doherty. He really does get the best out of young talent and he knows how to develop them into those professional players that are just going to get a job done. And he, I, I was delighted. I was absolutely delighted when I saw he signed for Walsall, and I was even more delighted when he signed back to us for six months. This is going to show my naivety of your sort of season, but in in the six months that you will have him for now until he kind of like moves to us in the summer, how many more games do you reckon he'll he'll be getting under his belt? And I mean, you kind of touched on it before, but could you see the progress over the course of game to game with him the more he played for you last season um yeah so if between now and july i think we've got 22 league games and then we've also we've got so we've a provincial cup that starts in the next couple of weeks called the lesser senior cup it's a, a three game group so he'll play in those games he'll play in the pre-season he'll play about 20 league games before he heads over um Developmental wise, I mean, just look at Freddie Draper. You know, 
over the course of the last the first six months of last season. He got he was banging in goals for us. I think he was joint top scorer when he left. So he's uh the development is there. You'll see it. You will. I promise you. You'll see it. He, if he stays fit and he keeps keeps his head down, he's one hundred percent going to go over to yourselves as a much stronger player than he than he is now. If he had gone over in January, so I'd I'd be really excited if I was your, you guys going into pre season twenty four twenty five. And then finally, before I uh, hand back over to Harley, how has your summer summer recruitment? gone we've we've been wondering whether any of our players might come and join you on loan for maybe six months or a year are there any sort of areas that you are lacking in or any players of ours that you've heard of potential links um there was one guy he's a double barrel name he's something taylor he's i think he's heading over he's he's supposed to that's why i heard anyway that he's coming over yeah douglas james taylor one of the strikers yeah yeah, yeah. So that I think that's a position. I think we only have two strikers signed up, but one of them kind of plays more as a right-sided winger rather than a striker. But um, it'd be interesting to see. We we haven't. We've only signed up seventeen players for the year. So the way the League of Ireland works, it's normally on a twelve-month contract. So a lot of players are out of contract at the moment. We've seen I think five players left. Um. And we're kind of just trying to sign up a few, but we've we've a good squad. We've signed a couple of really good players. We signed uh, Franz Pirro from Athlone Town, who would be in the second tier of Irish football. But he's I think he scored twenty four goals in thirty games or something like that last year. Um, we signed Jack Heaney, who's the UCD captain last year. So he went UCD went down. He signed for us. For us, he's going to be a massive replacement for Connor Keeley, who went to Pat. So. The League of Ireland merry go around is a real thing. It happens constantly where players will leave and you know they'll move around. So you just kind of get you have to get used to it. But we're we're expecting a couple of loans. I think we're looking at two from Lincoln, one from yourselves. Um so I I'm not sure. It, it's always a bit of a mixed bag, you know, you never know what you're gonna get until after preseason, even our preseason last year was atrocious. You know, we, we couldn't score a goal, couldn't get anything. And then Freddie came in and all of a sudden we were a serious threat. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going to hold back on any sort of judgment on the squad until I've seen them. Um, we have a game against Malahide United. It would be a, a third-tier regional league. It would be kind of the equivalent of your, you know, Conference North, Conference South kind of standard. Um, so we've a game against them in the Leinster Senior Cup coming up. So I'll go out and watch that and see what they're like. But I'm excited. I'm always excited about Kevin Dart and the team because he plays a nice brand of football that I'm sure he's going to get the best out of these players. Yeah, and uh, we don't want to take up too much of your time because we know you've uh, you're a busy man, Dave. So we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up, and we uh, we just wanted to talk about how you've kind of found your kind of first few initial months with Traveller as new owners. You know, has it has anything really changed so far with Drawder? Um, not to the the naked eye. Uh, we've got a, we've a new club shop that has opened up, which is brilliant. It's it's in a different part of town, which. It's a bit bigger. It's a bit more open. It's it's not the shopping centre anymore. So we've got a bit more freedom on when and on our time, our open times, and the days that we can open. And um, it's yeah. Look, 
there's a lot of work to be done with our club, a lot of work. And I'm sure it's going to be visible when we get there, when we get back. Um, when we get back there, probably at the start, in the, in the middle of February. Um, one thing is we do have a, a documentary series coming, or a documentary premiere coming up for Trotter called The Underdrugs, which is a, a documentary about the club being part-time in a full-time league. And that's oh, that's on the 19th of January, so I'll be going up to that. It's sold out fairly quickly as well, which is great to see. There's a bit of interest behind it. And all the proceeds go to the Gary Kelly Cancer Trust, I think is the name of it. So look, it's it's brilliant to see. And so looking forward to there's a bit of, you know, behind the scenes kind of stuff for, for you know, the last couple of years. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, but yeah, look, it's it's definitely going to be a, an exciting year for us with Travella, which we're all on board as well. And I'm looking forward to having you guys over to, to Weavers Park for for a game. Uh, hopefully, it's some stage over the summer. I just mentioned on that kind of um, TV um, series, is it going to be, do you know if it's coming out in England? Because I'm sure, I mean, I'd love to watch it. I'm pretty sure our listeners would as well. So do you know oh, if, yeah, if it's going to come, come to English channels? Uh, any streaming I'm services? Not. I'm not sure to be honest, which is I'd imagine we'll be thrown up on YouTube at some stage, but it's yeah. it's actually it's in a theatre, so I'm not sure oh, what okay. the story is with, with afterwards. So uh, it's it's a premiere kind of thing where we you go up and you sit in a, in a uh, cinema screen and watch it there, but I'm not sure what the plan is for it afterwards. I'd love to like get it out there and let people see it because I think it's it's going to be fantastic. There's clips going around of I'll, I'll send them on to you, but they're they're on our our Twitter page and our, our Instagram and stuff like that. Of, the behind the scenes, a couple of interviews with Gary Deegan as our club captain and Kevin Dartview as the manager. So it's it's really interesting stuff. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what really goes on behind the scenes that even like the kind of eagle eyed fans like myself wouldn't actually see. Yeah, well Rob, I'm gonna put you in charge of uh, finding that for our audience. That's gonna be your job for well, this week. So, I, don't, um... I mean I don't know whether I want to. I'm still not over Draper going back. So I don't wanna Seem in, in other club colours yet. <laughs> well, look, Rob, that's your job. But for now, we'll give you uh, we'll give you one more job, and we'll let you uh, you'll let you wrap this up. Well, uh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Uh, Irish cousin Dave, thank you once again for coming on and just for generally supporting us. And and uh, I, I called you our man in the chair on our previous episode, and Harley gave me a bit of stick for making the comparison to Spider Man. So I, uh, I well, no, it wasn't that Dave was Spider Man. No, I was, was saying that was Dave's our Ned, the yeah. guy in the chair. Um, I'll take it as as I said. I've, I've been called worse, and I'll absolutely take it because I love Ned. He's a great character. It's, thank you. <laughs> now, are you going to call Dave what you called me? No, because Dave probably beat me up. <laughs> I thought you I called me a, a massive nerd at the end of the pod. Yeah, you are. I am. I have a Batman tattoo on my wrist here, so I'm, I'm a massive nerd myself. So don't worry about it. Yeah. Right, no, well, I can get away with it with Rob because I know I can beat Rob in, Rob in a fight. Oh, oh, Dave, I'm not taking my chances. <laughs> Dave, thank you so much for taking the time once again. And we, like we said last time, we have no doubt that we'll be chatting to you again in the near future. And if you do obviously get get any news about that documentary, like Harley said, I'm pretty sure all of our all of the Warsaw fan base and our listeners would be really keen on that. So thank you once again. 100%. Thanks for having me on again.